Welcome back to Tangential Banter. My name is Ben Mal. I'm here with my co-host Jack Korzanowski. Starting episode four today. Mm. How's it been so far, Jack? It's been good, I think, except for me going off on a couple of... I won't even call it tangential banter. I call them rants. <laughs> but maybe that's what the people want to hear. That's uh, Probably not. This going to be a segment called Jack's, Jack's Rants. Rant. Jack's yeah. Rants. Jack's Rants. Yeah, we'll need to come up with a catchier name. There's got to be a catchier name out there. Yeah. Well, I've enjoyed it as well. We've covered uh, some interesting ground. We have. We have plenty of interesting ground to the left to cover too. We certainly do. Yes, we do. So Don't we, Sadie. We got we got Ben's dog here. Just <clears throat> FYI, I'm gonna be. I won't, I'm not gonna go so far to say I'm gonna be distracted, but you will be hear me whispering soft nothings of dogness <laughs> into her ears, such as "You're just a dog. You're just a dog. Look wow, at her. It's so demeaning." What? Calling her just a dog. She's just a dog. So, okay. We're going to start off this episode with a short story and then perhaps a poll to our audience yes. for feedback. So, uh, Jack and I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, were going to a concert. And before the concert, we had dinner. And I was uh, wearing a pair of sunglasses. And Jack asked, are those women's sunglasses? And I said, No. Well, I don't think so anyway. <laughs> and then I took them off my face, uh, looked up the model, model number right? yeah. online, and lo and behold, they were women's sunglasses. So then I told him the backstory of how I came to own those sunglasses. And they were they were like a turquoise, or not turquoise, they were a tortoise shell sort of coloring pattern to them? Yeah, yeah. So it's that uh, brown, like marbled tortoise shell coloration. Yeah. Um, Look it up if you don't know what we're talking but about. They, You'll recognize it. It's like, um, so I got them at TJ Maxx. They're like Calvin Klein. Um, they've got kind of sort of like aviator-shaped frames, but they're more rectangular. They're not as rounded. So anyway, the backstory was a couple of years ago, I had a female friend who was wearing a pair of sunglasses that had like that tortoise shell coloration. And I asked if I could try them on. I actually kind of liked the way that they looked. And I was just like jokingly wearing them around for like half an hour. And then I took them off and didn't really give it much thought. And I don't know, a few weeks, maybe a couple months later, um, I was at TJ Maxx and I saw this pair of sunglasses and they have like, it's this big sungra- sunglass like pillar. Yeah. They I, have know, them all on. I know what you're talking about. And uh, they're like mixed varieties. So you don't really yeah. know what you're getting. But the pair that I picked up had very like, uh, masculine features. Yeah, I was gonna say like they were very kind of rectangular in shape. They weren't like the rounded ones that are more typical of women's sunglasses. So I thought I was buying men's sunglasses, even though I had um, found that I liked the look of them from a female friend who was wearing sunglasses. Yep. So anyway, I told Jack that I thought it was an ironic outcome because I ended up with a pair of women's sunglasses. Yep that I had thought were men's sunglasses. And now Jack can make his argument for why he doesn't believe that's irony. Yeah, so the, the, the question is, is that situation that Ben just described where he where the glasses that he was wearing or that he had bought, given the context, is it ironic that they ended up being women's sunglasses? And I would say, no, it wasn't. Ben's saying that it is. And the reason why I want to say that it isn't ironic is because... What is what is irony, right? So how do you how do you define irony, Ben? How would you define irony? I think a lot of people struggle with this question. 
irony is like, uh, and I know we've talked about this, so I don't want to use the exact words that we've talked about. No, you can. I mean, the people listening haven't heard them. Well, but that wasn't my definition. That was your definition. Right. My definition so I, is I'm like, go over that. my definition is like, uh, just maybe a little bit simpler is when the unexpected happens in a like funny slash interesting way. Okay. Which isn't exactly what you said, but no. I think it, it carries some of the same. No, I, I, I think a lot, well, see, that's the thing you said unexpected, right? So irony isn't just what's unexpected because, you know, there could, the mailman could show up and like come in through your back door and say, I got some mail for you, Ben. It's like, oh, that's ironic that you would come through my back door. Are you saying it's ironic just because it's unexpected? No, no, no. Like I said, or would you say, like, I'm saying like, based on your definition, it seems to me like you would describe that situation as ironic. And I think it's not. It'd be ironic if like your mailman brought your mailbox to your door. It's like, Hey, I got some mail for you. I wouldn't say he had just like taken your mailbox off of the post and was like, here's your mail. I would not say that's ironic. I'd say that's like, why would you do that? Maybe weird, but I wouldn't say it's ironic. It would be more ironic if, Trying to think. It's hard thinking of ironic scenarios just off the cuff. That was it is because mind. well the re- I, the reason why I'm struggling right now is I'm trying to fit some I'm trying to find something that fits the definition that I want to use of irony to like a very solid. Uh, so what it, what it boils down to is that Jack believes because I found a pair of sunglasses that led me to like the style from a female friend that I should have therefore expected and deduced that that color pattern would have been most prevalent on women's sunglasses and would not be found on men's sunglasses. Oh, well, not just, Whereas not my, just the color, but like the, the style as a whole of the glasses. But like that color pattern comes on both men and women's sunglasses and this, they were slightly different style. Like it wasn't the same style. Anyway, in my, my argument is that color alone yeah. is not enough to drive the expectation that they were either men's or sunglasses no you're right color alone i would say isn't but it's but i was making the decision based on color knowing that that color comes in both men's and women's styles well let me let me ask you this what you it sounds well hold on let me back up and give you my definition of what ironic is and it's not so much mine i i looked it up in i think it was like merriam webster and when i the the definition is if i remember right when the exact opposite of what is expected happens. So that's not just unexpected, mind you. It's like the same thing as like a double negative is not the same thing as a a single affirmation, right? So to say that you, sure. I can't not eat chocolate is different than saying I can eat chocolate. Same sort of thing, yeah, right? So to sure. say that it's not what's expected, that's different than saying it is the exact opposite of what is, hold on, something that is unexpected, that's a different statement than saying it is the exact opposite of what is expected. But but it's a subset, right? The exact opposite of what's expected is a subset of the unexpected. unexpected. I agree with that. And I think because of that that speciality where it is a subset, there's a lot of people who are, who are, taking that the definition of that subset and expanding it to all these other situations where it doesn't actually apply, right? So the mailman coming through your back door to deliver your mail rather than dropping it off in your mailbox, is that unexpected? 
Yeah. Is it the exact opposite of what's expected? No. So it's not ironic. And the thing is, when I first heard that okay, definition... Okay, but walk this back, though. What would be the exact opposite of your expectation for the mailman putting mail in your mailbox? I would say if you put mail, or maybe there was mail already in there from the previous day, and maybe the mailman didn't... Because, you know, I, I've never done this myself. I've been told that you can put mail in your mailbox and the mailman will take it out. Yeah, that's what sending, the little flag is on the side is for. So you put I, that up in the mailman. I've never done that. I don't think I've ever grown up with a flagged mailbox like that maybe i did when i was really young but anyway so what i would say ironic would be in this case is if you if the mailman came by one day put mail in your mailbox for you to pick up and left and then the next day maybe for some reason he just and then you didn't take that mail out and then for some and then he came by saw there was mail in the box and then for some reason or another even if let's say the flag was busted off so he thought that you just couldn't flag him down and then he sees there's mail in there and he's like, oh, I'm supposed to take this away and send it out. So then basically the mailman comes by and takes away your mail. That's ironic. Ah, but you already identified that there's a process established for which the mailman takes mail out of your mailbox. That's why so it's, it's not, not a, unexpected. It's not a good, it's, it's unexpected not. that he would take away mail that's supposed to be delivered to you. Yes, but there's still, you expect it's like the mailman may supposed to, take mail of out of Of all the mailbox. people in the world to not take away something that is supposed to be mailed to mailed to me it ought to be, the, of all the people the, the the least expected or the most unex the exact opposite of what would be expected is the the person to do it is the very guy who is supposed to deliver it to you in the first place right but what i'm saying is that guy actually also is responsible to take mail out of your mailbox right so that that example that it came up uh, that it came up with off the cuff off the top of my head sure it, it's not it's not perfect but like the the classic example of a fire truck being on fire. You know, that's irony. It's the exact opposite of what you'd expect. It's supposed to put out fires, not catch on fire itself. Okay, so we've laid that definition out there. It's textbook def uh, dictionary definition. Yeah. And from my own experience, yeah, I expected that I was buying a pair of men's sunglasses. Okay. So when, lo and behold... It turns out that I have purchased a pair of women's sunglasses, unbeknownst to me, yeah. for over a year. And then Jack <laughs> discovers that they're women's sunglasses through a question. Uh, isn't Doesn't that match the definition of irony? If, I think it would be ironic if, let's say, you saw your guy, like a, a friend of yours who was a guy. And let's say he's a, for the sake but, of the argument. I, hold on, though. You got it. You got to answer it in the framework of which I asked the question. What? I thought I was purchasing a pair of sunglasses that were men's, and yeah. they turned out to be a pair of sunglasses that were women's. If that's all the context for the question, and you're purposely omitting important information, then yeah, I would say that's No, a, I mean, the rest uh, of it's part of the story, but at the moment I made the purchase, I, I believed them to be men's sunglasses. Well, no, okay, then I could just say, well, no, because they're still sunglasses, so they're not the exact... If they were like, I meant to buy men's sunglasses but I actually bought glasses that intensify light that are for women. That would be ironic then. <laughs> but I don't think glasses that intensify light. Magnifying exist. glasses. Do they make those in frames that you can wear in front of your eyeballs? Bifocals. You know, they magnify. So if you bought... Technically, well, any prescription could magnify, correct? I don't think so. Like, my prescription doesn't magnify. It sharpens the image or it refocuses it to account for the unfocused ability totally a word of my eyes. <laughs>
But bi- bifocals actually, so, if I'm not mistaken, they actually magnify. My argument is then that you're saying it's unironic because you're defining the framework as a much longer period of time. Let me oh my, including that, the including like my interest in the sunglasses and the no no the, you are completely omitting the fact that the reason why you bought those particular sun why you purchased yeah those particular sunglasses in the first place. Now if you had just gone out saying I Ben need sunglasses. Uh, and you just went and didn't have any particular style in mind, and you were just looking, and you said, well, these look good enough, and you bought them, um, then maybe we can discuss that question you just pro- that you just posed. But the important detail that you're leaving out is that the reason why you bought those particular sunglasses is because you grew an appreciation for that particular style. That style, the example that first put that style in your brain, or like the one that you were thinking of, were women's sunglasses. So lo and behold, the ones that you ended up buying to match that style being women's sunglasses, that's not the exact opposite of what's expected. But it was the exact opposite of what I expected at the moment of purchase because I believed I had found a men's pair in a very similar style that evoked that same perception. Okay, then let me ask you this. If you have an insane person who <laughs> thinks... That I don't like how this question's being if you have framed an, up. If you have an insane, if you have somebody who's out of their mind, I'm trying to think here, and um, they're sitting in the same room as you, recording a podcast. Yes. And <laughs> let's say they um, they have a piece of wood and they uh, light a match and they set the piece of wood on fire. And then they like all of a sudden get surprised, like, "Whoa! I was totally expecting this piece of wood to get." doused in water when I put this flame up to it, but it caught on fire. That's ironic, isn't it? And I think everybody in the world would say no. Based on the definition of irony being the exact opposite of what's expected, that was... But that's not a fair analogy. No, no. I'm not finished. The reason why I'm analogizing it to what you said is because it's apparently you said that it's all because of what you expected in the purchase. In this instance, it's all about what the person taking the flame to the log says was expecting he was expecting it to get saturated with water when he put a flame up to it completely unrealistic expectations but still his expectations nonetheless and what happened was the exact opposite of his expectations thus it may be ironic to him but in the grand scheme of things it is not objectively ironic sure so i feel like that dived into an interesting point which is that irony depends on the frame of reference of i think the I, viewer i think irony ought to be in a perfect world, an objective, an objective assessment. So, I but think I feel like what is Webster's ex- dictionary has like made it that way in a sense that most people have. Like people have a sense for irony that maybe is overbroad, but like in a room full of people, you're going to get consensus. Like, yes, that was fairly ironic. Or like you we'll may find get, out in this poll, you may get like eighty percent of the people. Sure. Like yeah, in, yeah, any yeah. time yeah. where you ask, is this situation ironic? Is that situation ironic? You may at any given time get eighty percent of the people in the room to say yes or no. The, which specific people those are will change question right. to question. But yeah, I see what you mean. Where like the general population does have this like this discernible majority for each question, and then we can say that the answer to that question is thus the general sense of irony. Is that what you're saying? Yes, in a in a sense that's less specific than the exact opposite of what is expected. But I, I want to go back to your analogy about the board being set on fire because here's where I think it's unfair. Mm-hmm. We can say categorically as a society that if you put flame to wood, yep. it starts on fire. Or at least it doesn't get wet. Or at least it yeah. doesn't get wet. 
we cannot say that they don't make men's sunglasses in a certain style. Right. Or that they only make that style in women's sunglasses. So again, my, my example was an extreme just to give the uh, impression what I'm trying to say. The, the point I was trying to make was that in the, in the, the single person's mind, the outcome was ironic. That doesn't mean that it is objectively ironic. Right. But, so I'm trying to make the argument that my experience of the irony is more objectively ironic. Than the wood being set on fire thing? Yes. Maybe more, yeah. But I w- Or maybe less unironic is probably the better way of putting it. <laughs> so here's where we need some audience involvement. Jack and I obviously have differing views on this topic. Mm-hmm. So we would appreciate some feedback, comments. Uh, feel free to shoot us a note on Facebook or however you would like to get a hold of us and let us know if you believe that the story of accidentally purchasing women's sunglasses is ironic or unironic. Accidentally purchasing women's sunglasses when you were trying to go for it. <laughs> We've same, already told the story. The same style that you saw on what were already women's sunglasses. Actually, plot twist it was a woman wearing the sunglasses, but I didn't know they were necessarily women's sunglasses. She might have, at the time, accidentally purchased men's sunglasses. That's true. We're assuming that the women's that the, the I got to be careful with my wood, my wording here. The sunglasses on the woman in your story were woman's style sunglasses. That is an assumption. Yes. Yeah. So and I would say maybe safe assumption. based on my experience, it could be incorrect. So I and the, I don't know because how often you're wearing glasses right now? How often have you been wearing glasses? I've worn glasses, uh, basically, I think seventh grade, I got my first prescription glasses. Okay. So, and you know, so I, I've been wearing them ever since second grade. And um, I know you, like, sometimes you're looking for frames and you say, oh, these frames aren't bad. And then you look at them and say, oh, these are women's sunglasses or something or something like that. Or when not, or women's uh, glasses frames. Yeah. I feel like that's maybe turning the corner of the conversation a little bit. I was just thinking that it's annoying to me in a lot of instances where they have like gendered styles in uh. that sense, because like what, why on earth is there, does it matter what your frames are? If you like them and you think they look good with your face, what it shouldn't matter. It doesn't really ultimately matter, so, but we have this artificial, like, well, these are for men and these are for women. I th- and it really yeah. bothers me yeah. when you get outside of the realm of sunglasses with running shoes, like okay. women's running shoes have the best color choices of huh. anything. Like if you want to get any kind of color in your running shoes, women's are way better. I didn't like know the men's color palette for running shoes is very, very narrow and lame. I don't know they made men's and women's running shoes. Yeah. At least maybe I did know that at a time and forgot, which yeah. is certainly possible. So it's just, in my opinion, another way to well, one, make money because you are kind of forcing people to, you can't just have everyone picking from one model. There is like, there's like one company in the world that makes like all the, like they were like 80 or 90% of the glasses frames out there. And they, they effect, if I remember right, they effectively have like a monopoly. So it could be a ploy by them just for the sake of marketability, which I'm sure that's certainly so part of you're it. You're saying that like Oakley and Ray-Ban and everybody else, they don't make their own No, they're, they're all owned by the same company. They purchase frames with their brand on it from somebody else. They may be subsidies of the same company too. Subsidiaries? What did I say? Subsidies? What's, what's the difference? Uh, subsidies are... 
Oh, so oh yeah, sorry. Yes, you're right. I know what subsidies are. Uh, yes, but, subs subsidiaries. Subsidiaries. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Okay, we're there. <laughs> okay. So anyway, that was interesting uh, discussion. So again, if you believe that situation to be ironic or unironic, please let us know which side of the fence you are on. Yeah. And to another interjection too. So when I heard the the definition of irony that I'm touting right now, where it is the exact opposite of what is expected. When I first heard that definition, I was not satisfied. I'm like, that's not, that, that's not irony. That's maybe that's an aspect of it, but there's more to it. But the more I thought about it and the more I like sat and like, were considering like, Oh, I, would I say this is ironic? Yeah. I'd say this is ironic. So is that where the exact opposite, like can, can you summarize that in the exact opposite of what was expected is happening? And then I, every time I was like, you know, by golly, yeah, that that does fit. And like I convinced, I, I, I kind of, what's where I'm looking for, challenged it or, yeah, I challenged that definition, but every time it, it met it and, and it worked. Yeah, the thing I like about it is that uh, I think usually my definition of irony, I think humorous, yeah. but it's not always because nope. there's definitely like dark or sad irony. Yeah. Um, and it's exactly what you said when something when the opposite of what you expect happens. Yeah. And remember, it's not the it's not the it's not like the something unexpected happens. It's the exact opposite of what is expected happens. Yeah. But I, that's where I feel like there's a more general sense of irony that's like if it's maybe not the exact opposite of what's expected, but something very very unexpected. Like it's not a, a plausible unexpected it's, you know what I mean? Like if you're drawing, I see what you're saying. So let me ask you this. If you're saying like we're headed east, well, maybe you could be headed northeast or southeast, but yeah. you're not headed west, right? Like, yeah, I see it as kind of that difference. Like there's a little bit of a band where irony resides. That's not just this one definition. Well, I mean, like, cause you said something that's very, very unexpected, right? So if you were walk on the street and a meteor came the size of like, you know, a pea or something came and like in the head and killed you or something or hurt you really bad. That's really, really unexpected. Is it ironic? Well, if you said a pea killed me, then I would say that is ironic because we would expect a meteor or like a large something to kill you. But something very small would be a the opposite of what we expect. A bullet can kill you. It's not much bigger than a pea. Yeah, but a bullet's being propelled by something much stronger than the force of gravity. How do you define that? Gravity is what holds the moon in place. Yeah, but I mean, for an object of its size, like the acceleration... It's not really being held in place, but you all get my meaning. The acceleration of a P due to gravity yeah. is much lower than the acceleration of a bullet from a gun. No, gravity has no... I'm trying to think if this is literally technically true, but gravity has no limit on the energy it can exert on something. The only limitation on it is how far the bodies are apart from each other at the start. Right. And for the and scenario we're talking about, a, a P is immeasurably um, indistinguishable, essentially, from the Earth in terms of gravitational forces, whether it's 20 feet above your head or at your head. Wait, are you talking about the, the strength of the force or are you talking about the, the amount of energy that that force can exert? Because in a bullet, what right? I know, what I, I was arguing is that 
gravitational forces yeah. are going to accelerate a P yeah. to a terminal velocity yes. based on You're its right. drag coefficient and mass, right? No, not mass. That'd be uh, cross-sectional area. Yeah, to get your... I mean, that plays into your... The drag, is that what the, you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. The other factor, the drag is what's resisting you. Yeah. The mass is what's driving you Yeah. to the ground, Yeah. right? So the balance of those is going to determine your terminal velocity. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right. So that is a much lower energy scenario. You're okay, yeah. Than a Wait, bullet. If, if you're if you're in accounting for drag, which I was I was not doing. So you're, just, you were saying if a pea fell on your head in a vacuum. Yeah. And you hadn't already died from asphyxiation or right. like if you're explosion. an astronaut or like an astronaut like you know some like think about it this way like some you know at, like uh space mission from the 60s you know they went up and then they had a bag of frozen peas for food and, <laughs> and something went wrong. They had to reject it. So now you had all these frozen peas just floating in space at like, th- at like, you know, orbital velocity. There's so a like, pea cloud in space. Yeah. P-E-A, not yes. P-E-E. Um, or Maybe just some pea. of those. Yeah. But um, so you had these peas orbiting around at like 30,000 miles an hour or something nuts. I don't know which orbit. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, then, yeah. Yeah. And then, or and then let's say something happens in, in like, it falls to the moon where there is no atmosphere instead of earth. And then it's going fast enough sure. just on gravity alone, not the orbital velocity they originally had. Let's say that died away or something somehow. Uh, and then it crashes and hits an, a- an astronaut. And it's going so fast. It actually punches through the suit and kills them. You know, that's sure. That's a tangible example. But yeah. So got- to your point without an atmosphere resisting. Yeah. Gravity, gravity would continue accelerating that object toward right. the moon. As opposed to... Well, excuse me, as opposed to gunpowder, which your gunpowder is your finite energy. So you just have to right. find, right. well, this amount of gunpowder and the efficiency of the... You okay there, Sadie? <laughs> Look at her. Oh. Hey, that spider isn't there anymore. Did you eat it? Did you eat the spider? Maybe that's why she's sneezing. That she could be. Did you eat the spider? Getting a little snack. Look at her. She's liking the belly rub right now. Mm. Mm. Anyway, um, so all you'd have to do is say, well, how much energy is in this gunpowder? It's like, you know, right. yeah. so many BTUs. It's like, okay, how many BTUs of, of uh, kinet or, you know, potential energy? I like that you're using BTUs. Oh, yeah. How many, uh, or foot pounds, excuse me. I, well, they're both energy. It's just one yeah. traditionally for thermal energy, the other for mechanical. So it would be mechanical, so foot pounds. So how many foot pounds of energy? What are we talking are- about in calories? About no, because that's technically a metric unit. Oh. But anyway. It's um, still fun when you're using, like, mixing the units from a different. We could do calories, but I, I mean, A okay. different system, you know what I mean? Like, calories is expected for food. Right. And then when you're talking about calories, like, uh, how much power does your car produce? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three million calories. Three million okay. calories per fortnight or something. <laughs> um, okay. Well, hold on. We're not done here. Well, I just didn't want to get too far down the units discussion. Oh, no. I'm going back to the the P discussion. So, like, how many many foot-pounds of energy is in this, you know, gunpowder charge? You know, it's like, I don't know. I don't actually know what the the value is. A thousand. thousand foot-pounds. So, okay. Then we just need to calculate what height from the Earth we need to bring this P or whatever gravitational body or reference body we're talking about. And then just go a little bit beyond that. And ta-da, your P now can exert more energy than than that gunpowder charge, assuming that none of its energy is lost due to drag, which right. on Earth is not a safe assumption. But It's a very unsafe assumption, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Because Definitely. I would very willingly let you drop a P on my head from whatever height you choose yeah. on the planet Earth. 
I would not let you shoot a bullet at my head. Fun fact. From any height. You know how they say that cats you know, like always land on their feet and they never get hurt? You know why that is? Um, I heard at one point in time, and I don't recall. The terminal velocity of a cat is not fast enough for them to get injured. Interesting. So that they, they can, in theory, you could drop a cat from like the top of the Statue of Liberty, and it would be fine. In theory, I would not. I'm not saying go out and try it. I'm just, Wait, but what was your original question? Do Do you know why that they can fall from any height and be fine? Oh, okay. More or less. But part of part of it is also that they. Um, I think there's some MythBusters on it. Is this where they land? They always will land up upright. Yeah, it's within a certain range. Like yeah. Uh, but basically, yeah, they can reorient themselves. Yeah. As they're falling through the air. And then it has something to do feet. with they have very, like, the way that their joints and, and uh, limbs are designed. Like, they, they're, they're very good shock absorbers. Yeah. So, and they're, they're relatively small animals. So, they're, you know, their terminal velocity is pretty slow compared to, like, you know, what an elephant's would be. So, all those factors right, yeah, together, yeah. it can land. It can stick a landing pretty darn And good. they have they have a lot of uh, fur and a lot of loose skin. So, <laughs> it's like. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's going to, there's going to be a lot of drag from that. Yeah. Sounds like a good experiment. No. Don't drop them. Kidding. Don't. No. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast episode. Oh, in fact, they were cared for. They were. Weren't they you, were Sadie? You're very head happy. Head scratch. Okay, so now, yep. on to the main topic for today. <laughs> Half hour in, on to the main topic. <laughs> well, Wait, the, to- the irony topic, I feel like that uh, discussion on what irony is, that's that's a whole show in and of itself, which we kind of already did because we are already half half hour in. Sure. So do you want to call it here? Do you want to move on to our other topic we discussed? This brings up the question of how long should our shows be, which nobody has answered yet. I will say, though, that our shortest episode has the most listens. It's also the first one, but okay. Well, why don't we cut? You know, I think this is a good stopping point. We're at a half hour in. Uh, we have actually concluded this discussion. I know it's fascinating, and I feel like if we get started on another one, the very next one we're planning, like I think it's definitely going to be interesting. So uh, I think we should just call it here. We'll experiment with a shorter time, and we'll see what happens. Sound good? Sounds good. All I'm right. With that, let's uh, before we wrap up, let's go to the phones. Uh, we're getting nothing, Ben. Uh, yeah, still no callers. It's really disappointing. It is. Someday we'll have callers when we go to the phones. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with that, let's uh, wrap it up for this week. Thanks for tuning in.